Amen. Isn't that exciting? All right. So we have been in a uh, season called devotion. Everybody say it with me. I know I've had you repeat a lot of stuff today, but I'm just trying to get you engaged in the service. So let's kick it off with a, a little bit more of uh, some repetition just to get you plugged in. Everybody say devotion. All right, now I need you to say it like you mean it, okay? I like, I like the feedback. I like to get you involved. So one more time, a little more umph behind it. Say devotion. What is devotion? Well, devotion is a, a heartfelt, earnest uh, um, dedication of time, effort, and energy towards something. It's a, it's a dedication of time, energy, and effort towards something. I am devoted. You know, um, people use the term a lot, devout Christians. Well, if they mean that, they mean that they actually follow the, the, the Bible. They follow what's in God's word. If, a, if, you, if you were to describe somebody as devout, that's what you're saying, that they're devoted. And so we've been talking about how to have a dedicated prayer life. That's really what we're talking about is prayer. And um, I've had a little sub point to, to, to a lot of these um, group, group of messages. And the last uh, week and a half, I started putting this out on social media. If you, if you follow me, you might have seen it. But I put the little, the little prayer emoji equals the flex emoji. Everybody say prayer equals power. Prayer equals power. The Bible says the heartfelt, fervent, effective prayers of righteous men and women make much power available. And we'll look at that in a different translation in a few minutes. There's power available when you pray. There, there's real power available when you pray. I want to show you a clip. Our Wednesday night services have been great. I thought that this past Wednesday night was, was okay. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't, I just, I didn't like say one thing for my notes. I kind of just flowed and followed the Holy Spirit. And afterwards, sometimes you're hard on yourself as a pastor. So I had my, well, my wife usually watches it, but I had her watch it. And she was like, oh my goodness, it was awesome. And she was like, that part where you prayed over the schools, and I'd kind of forgotten about that. But if you don't know, Richland 2 had a big mess this past week. They had um, um, uh, several threats over several different schools come through. We're shutting schools down left and right, kicking the students out, locking them in, couldn't figure out what to do um, based on these threats. It was a big nightmare for the school district. Well, my wife is a school teacher. Now, it wasn't her school that was affected, but I don't want her school affected. We, we also have one of our youth, actually, I, I, there's been others come from, from his school, but Spring Valley High School was one of the, the main schools affected, and, uh, and he attends there, and along with some of his friends have come uh, to, the, to the church. Uh, so, I mean, I'm thinking about him there, making sure he's safe. He was turning 18 this week, you know, I mean, like, big week for him, and it's getting, I kind of got mad about it. You know, sometimes you have to get, if you really want to get results in prayer, you have to get mad about what's not happening in your life. If your life doesn't look like the Bible and you know what you believe what I preach and you believe, you know what? Actually, God does want me to have all this. God does want his word to come to pass in my life. You know, you have to get a little angry at the world, get a little angry at the devil and say, I'm going to do something about that. Well, What do you do? You pray because prayer equals power. You know, when I wake up in the mornings, I, I learned this trick a couple. I don't know how many years ago, but it's a great trick. If you ever have problems, if you're don't raise your hand. But if you hit snooze 8, 12 times, 15 times, if you're a 20-plus snoozer, you, you know, I don't know. So the Bible says some things come by prayer and fasting, amen? But no, uh, here's what I do. This is a real trick. It'll help you. Char put, move your charger. 
and I'm assuming you use a cell phone for an alarm, but whatever you use for your alarm, move it across the room. That way you have to get up out of your bed and go turn it off. That's what you got to do. If you really want to get up and not snooze, now, then, now I'm not saying I don't still snooze, but if I do, I feel real guilty about it because then I have to get up and then climb back in the bed and I know when I come back in, man, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. I got to get up. I got to get up. What am I doing? I'm making myself so agitated that I make a change. I want to wake up. So I've moved it across the room to create an atmosphere of change. And so I got angry this week at the devil because, and, and, and if you know the story already, you'll see it in the video, but it was a 15 year old kid that was making these uh, uh, threats. It ended up at at Spring Valley, started there, and went to uh, another high school, uh, two other middle schools, and then um, eventually uh, went to, um, uh, well, they they don't know if it's tied to the Lexington threats, but there's Lexington threats as well that that have been going on, which I just found about, so now we're going to pray for that. But anyways... You know, I'm not saying that, that I'm not trying to insinuate the, the kids. I have no idea who the kid is. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know anything about his life. But I, so I'm not saying that like, like the, the devil's in him or anything like that. So don't, don't, don't take anything out of context. But clearly, clearly this was not of God. Clearly this is somehow or another there's an, there's a, a, an influence that infiltrated either indirectly or directly in this kid's life that caused all these things to happen. Whether he was just trying to joke or whatever, I mean, the devil will take anything, right? And, you know, kid gets an idea, says it out loud, and all of a sudden that idea, the devil jumps on it, right? And then it becomes a, an actual thing. They're like, you know, I actually could do that. You know, here's how we could do it. And then we could reroute the emails. And we could reroute, right? And then what, what who knows how it all went down? And I, again, I probably shouldn't assume so much. I'm just saying I got angry at the devil. Because here's what I saw happening. If, if we as Christians, this is what doesn't happen enough in the church globally, is the church doesn't stand up when the devil does something like that in, under your influence. Is you just let it slide. Here's what I saw happening. If I as a believer, I'm not even talking about as a pastor, as I as a Christian husband with my wife in the school district, let this thing slide and let it escalate, it's going to creep in to, to, to my wife's school and where my daughters also attend. And if this isn't a joke, I kind of thought that it was. And if you listen to the, the reports they're putting out, they all kind of thought these are not like real deemable threats, but they have to respond. Well, that would have interrupted her school days, interrupted her work, interrupted her routines and everyone else in the school. I mean, we've gotten really tied to Bookman Road. We love Bookman Road Elementary. It's a big part of, of our family and our church. I don't, I, you know, I just like, I'm not having that. So I'm going to show you this clip. This was Wednesday night we prayed. And then on Thursday, they made the arrest. If you guys will play the video, you can leave the lights up and leave my mic hot. These unnecessary interruptions are going to stop. Lord, I ask you to bring what's in darkness to light. Lord, uncover whoever's doing all these threats, causing all this mess. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that they get the justice they deserve. Lord, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, you bring to light what's in darkness. Lord, what we cannot see, let them see. Lord, let the investigators, Lord, let it, let them find quickly what's happening so there's not another interruption tomorrow. Tonight, an arrest has tomorrow. been made in connection with recent this threats Thursday, at schools in Richland District 2, telling us tonight that law enforcement believes the student is responsible for several school threats over the past few days. 
Amen. Everybody say it again. Say prayer equals power. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that pretty great? Now, I'm not saying anything about me. I don't want any credit for that. And I also put this out on social media. I know that I wasn't the only Christian and we weren't there only church praying. I know. I know that. But collectively, whoever did go to bat for prayer made that thing happen that quickly. Because I I, I mean, to to my knowledge, I tried to look it up uh, over the weekend. I don't think they've resolved the Lexington issue. Well, we need to pray about it. And that needs to stop. I am telling you, prayer works. Prayer is not some random thing. It's not some duty, some unnecessary obligation that God made up. You know, I need to give them a little bit more to do. Why don't we? Hey, guys, what do y'all think about this thing called prayer? No, it's not like that. It's an avenue that God gave us that connects us to him. Now, I want to I make um, drive home a point today that I kind of started on last week, and I want to make it really clear. So we know that prayer equals power, but imagine if you were building a house. Just curious, has anyone built a house personally? Like you have it, like your home was, like you built it? Okay, so um, I haven't either. But if, if, you, if you build a home, I, I have, uh, I studied landscape architecture. And a lot of the classes that I took were architecture classes. I took um, many classes on, um, you know, landscape stuff, but also classes on construction documents. Now, construction documents are the, like the pain in the architect's side. That they are. If you ever hear you know, people complain about how long it takes for architects to get things done, it's not the design. The design, I mean, that is a big part of it. They can whip that up you know, fairly quickly. That's the, that's the creative design aspect. That's the fun part. You just, you just kind of let your mind go wild. And you just start designing stuff. And, but then after you design it, you have to do these things called construction documents. And if you're an architect, you put your stamp on that document. You say, I verify that this building can withstand all of these things and it can actually be constructed in this way. And here's how. Here's the building materials. Here's the type of doors you need. Here's the type of windows you need. It's the construction document. So you have the plan. Then you have how to do it. And prayer processes the plans of God. If you imagine yourself in a house, the the house represents your life. There's a plan for that house. You, you, you can't go and, and, and get approved to build a house without plans. You have to have plans. You have to have construction documents, right? And then you get a general contractor. And the general contractor comes out and says, okay, I'll build the house. And he gives you a price. And then he gets contractors underneath him. You know what they do? They all follow the construction documents. But if you go and try to build that house and you try to do it without the construction documents, you're going to build a mess. If the, if the GC just came and said, okay, I need an uh, electrician, I need a plumber, I need an uh, AC, uh, AC guy, I need um, you know, my people, we're going to put up all the studs, and they just all went to work. The, the, the concrete guy just comes out and says, where to put the slab? I don't know, just put it over there. This is what we do with our lives. Think about this in the vein of prayer. This is what we do. Oh, uh, yeah, that'll work. And somewhere over there. Okay, well, then where are the studs going to go? I mean, and the, G, the general contractor, the GC is what they call him. The GC's asleep. Okay, well, I guess we'll just, we'll just put the studs. Right there, that looks good. To put the studs right there. Well, now walls aren't where they're supposed to be. Things aren't where they're supposed to be. So then the electrical guy gets there, and he's like, well, this isn't where it's supposed to be. How can I run the electricity? I don't know. Figure it out. Then the electricity goes in the wrong place. By the time you try to put walls in, put plumbing in, everything's on top of each other, and it's all a mess because no one referenced the construction documents. 
And in your life, if you don't take time to process the plan of God, the will of God is here. That's why you can't just have prayer and no word. You have to have the word. By the word, we know we're praying correctly. You have to have the word. But if you don't process the plan, if you don't take time to to, to say, uh, 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 God, how do I get there? You're going to build a house on sand and it'll fall. It'll it'll collapse. It, it 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 won't last at all. It won't work. One piece of your life, the plumbing, will not work with the other piece of your life, the electricity, won't work with the other piece of your life, it won't work. But see, God has the construction documents. He knows your kids are going to actually need this. They may not need it today, but you need to go down this road. And you trust that. You trust that. I want you to look at this verse with me as I talk about trusting God. Where did my iPad go? John 15, 7 and 8. I talked about this a little bit last week. But I want to look at it in a different light. John 15, 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We talked about last week. There's five you's in there. But then look at verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you, again, so that, that we bear much fruit and that we are his disciples. So what's our job in life? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. That's what we're called to do. Now, you can do that through your church. You can do that through, uh, um, you know, personally. You can do it both. But you, you should be involved in making disciples some way, shape, or form. That's why I encourage people, you need to be involved in your church. That's why we're doing Welcome Home today. And a lot of the people that are coming, they're already plugged in or whatever. But they're going to hear about why they're plugged in. And if they're not plugged in, why they should be. And, why, and how? How do you get plugged in? Now, that's not the whole point of Welcome Home for those that are coming, by the way. There's other things that we'll do, but that's one of the things that we cover because how else are you going to be involved in making disciples? So what, 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 how does prayer come into this? In, in your life, if you're supposed to have an impact in someone, if God's appointed, you know what? I want you to help so-and-so, then he might direct you into their life somehow or direct them into your life. That's, you're going to process the plans of God through prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. All right, now, I, that was like 30%. Come on. Everybody say prayer, prayer. processes the plans of God. You've got, to pro, you've got to process the plans. Now, I want to give you some, some additional thoughts with this. John 16, 24 says, until now you've asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive. So everybody say this, you have to ask. You have to ask. I know I've covered that a lot, but I want to, I want to hit it again today. You have to ask. Now, I'm going to give you several um, um, thoughts today that are, and this is toward the end of my notes, guys. I'm going to jump around a little bit. But I'm going to give you several thoughts. These are practical thoughts that I have that I wrote down this week that will help you in prayer. All right, and then I'm going to, I'm going to mix in uh, some of the other scriptures and other things God put on my heart. But, but you have to ask. One more time, say it. Say, I have to ask. God cannot do anything unless you ask him. He set the whole system up that way. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to ask. I read to you last week about Elijah and the rain. God told him it was going to rain, but they still had to ask. Uh, um, the, but before Abraham even became the father of many nations, God told him your people are going to be enslaved in, Israel, in uh, Egypt. 
But you know, the Egyptians still had to cry out and pray. God even told Abraham how many years they'd be enslaved in Egypt. And they still had to cry out and pray. And it says that because they cried out and prayed, God heard them and sent Moses. If God was was already going to do that, why didn't Moses even have to come? Because he needs us. He needs us to work his word. He needs us to put his word to work. He needs us to be his hands and feet. The Bible says uh, that faith without works is dead. So you can have all the faith. I believe in God. I believe he does what he says he'll do. I believe he'll work on my behalf. I believe he'll help me. And yet you do nothing. You don't put any feet in your faith. You will have nothing in your life. You won't. I mean, like other than what you generated yourself, but nothing of, uh, of God's part, because God's process, God will help you process your plan for your life through prayer. Prayer is not just, it's not just give me, give me, give me. It's not just, you know, all I want to do is just ask. No, you ask, you believe in faith. At that moment, it's done by faith. So then what do I keep doing? Lord, How? Lord, how do I get there? Lord, I thank you for showing me how. Number one, I thank you for giving me that thing. And then I, I, whatever it is I asked you for, I thank you for giving it to me. And I thank you for showing me how. Lord, I thank you for the finances, if it, if it involves finances. I thank you for the, 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 the right connections. Lord, I thank you for divine appointments. Right? You pray that out. And then when the divine appointment shows up, you, Lord, is this it? Take a moment before you make the decision. Lord, is this it? Is this the one? You know, I had, uh, uh, when we were buying our, our, the car, we're about to, the, it's not about, we, we were in it, but we, we were about to buy it. Um, our, our, it's a minivan. We decided we were going to go with the minivan, minivan route. I was real excited about it. I actually, I really, I really, I, I was excited to get a new car. So we're looking, and I remember vividly that, like, we had written down what we wanted, how, you know, the year, make, model. We were very specific. We had prayed. We were believing in faith, and we were doing that. Lord, thank you. Lord, I thank you for the finances. I thank you for the right price. Thank you for leading us. And we found one that was like two hours away up in North Carolina. And um, uh, I should have listened to my spirit. I, ha- I had a reservation, but I couldn't get any clarity on it. And, and I'll, be clear, I'll be clear, I did not make enough time to really pray it out. But, I, but it was weird. It was, like, it was like everything that we had on the list. So there was a green light there. Like, Lord, this is what we prayed for. But there was just something that wasn't right. So I actually called a few times. I kept asking questions. And he was like, man, he was kind of pressuring me. And I fell under the pressure. So we drove. We drove up there. People I from school, we drove on, I think it was a Friday. Got there. He showed me the car. Got the keys. And we all hop in. You smell that? Babe, do you smell that? We start driving down the road. Man, that's strange. And the more we drove, the more, oh, my gosh. What is that? It had been a, a smoker's van. They, uh, the family that, or whoever had, had it before had smoked in it, I mean, a lot. It was really, really, and they, you could tell they had tried to get it out unsuccessfully. And the guy didn't have enough, you know, decency to put it anywhere or tell me about it before I drove two hours. And I'm like, well, maybe we, I started Googling, how can we get it out? Can we get the smell out? Because I felt, you know, and, uh, and again, thank God for a good wife. She said, you know, it's not going to hurt my feelings any if we just drive back. So she kind of let me make the decision, but she put me at ease there. And so I went back and told the guy, this ain't it. Sorry. It was it. Mileage, color, type, make, model, but it wasn't it. 
You know, God will know, like, if you, if you're, if you want a house, you want three bedroom, two bath, you know, certain type of square feet, you know, certain kind of layout. You know how many houses there are in Columbia that would meet that criteria? But I want the one that doesn't have termites. It doesn't have exterior damage that, 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 that would be missed or, or, or additional, you know what I'm saying? I, I want the one that's going to be in the good neighborhood where the value is going to go up as high as it can. I want the right house. I want the right house for me. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, so what are we doing here? Number one, you need to know why you're praying. You need to know why you're praying. Again, I've got these as points down there on the list, guys. If you are able to pull them up, I got, uh, I think it's a total of eight points down there. You need to know why you're praying. So you have to ask him. Everybody say this. Say, God can't ask himself. You have to know why you're praying. So number one, you're praying because God's asked you to. You're praying because you have to ask him. You're praying because it's, it's part of, of his uh, uh, system. And you're praying uh, after you've asked him, you're praying to process the plan. You're praying to process the plan. Everybody say it one more time. You've got to get in your spirit. Say prayer processes the plan of God. Amen. This is the plan. So you have to ask him. You have to ask him. All right, so you need to know why you're praying. Number two, y'all see that? You need to know why you're praying. Number two, you need to have a lifestyle of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. You need, it's not, again, it's not all oh, gimme, 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 gimme. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of prayer. I'm going to pray as I go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make prayer a part of my life. You know, there's a God side of things and a man side of things. Let's take something a little deeper. Let's take prophecy. If, if, if somebody were to have a genuine prophecy of the Lord, the Lord wants to give you something. And they give you a prophetic word from heaven that I, I believe could be genuine. You know it's not guaranteed to come to pass if you don't do your part. There's a God side of things. And there's a man side of things. You know you didn't automatically get saved. Second Peter, I think I've got it here. Yeah, Second Peter 3 9. Second Peter 3 9, what does it say? Second Peter 3 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any go to hell. That is not God's will. Yet we all know that's happening. Why? Because it takes preaching. And it takes people, people have the free will to accept or reject. It's their decision. And God gave us that free will. So what, what, what am I getting at here? It's, you cannot look at life and think, well, what will happen will happen. What's that uh, Latin, I think it's Latin, quesera, sera, whatever will be, will be. If you live quesera, sera in your life, you will have quesera, sera results. You'll just have, they're just whatever will happen will happen. Whatever comes out will come out. Whatever kind of, oh, that job will do. No, take some time and pray it out. Now, the little practical points I'm giving you are to help you understand how to do that, right? How, what are some ways that, that, I, that I can practically do that? But if you don't understand there's a God side and a man side, listen, when God speaks, you have to believe. You didn't automatically get saved. It wasn't just automatic. 
Huh, okay, boom. Oh, I'm saved. Oh, wait, no. Someone preached and you heard and you say, man, I believe that. You might have been five, you might have been 25 or 55. And then you say, okay, well, what do I have to do to have that in my life? And the preacher says, you have to believe in your heart and you have to confess with your mouth. And then you followed him or her and they led you in, the, in this, what we call the, the prayer of salvation. And you said that. You said, Heavenly Father, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ came to this earth, that he lived a perfect life, that he died for me, and I believe he rose from the grave. I believe he's alive. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I know you have, and I thank you for it. I ask you to come into my heart in Jesus' name. And guess what? You're saved. So what did it take? It took you believing, and it took you acting on it. It took your mouth. That's salvation. If you're at the start of your Christian walk is that way, why would any, any rest of it be different? What, I mean, God's promises, I, I, I read to you, I read it to you all the time. I don't have time to get off track, but Deuteronomy 28, uh, it, it all says that if you, if, if, everybody say if. If, if you hearken diligently to my word, if you hearken diligently, diligently to my word, all these blessings will come upon you. Let me give you another one. Isaiah, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Everybody say if. If. if, if you know, everything's not automatic. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seek my face. Take time to seek my face. Not just a little haphazard prayer for two minutes. And I'm not saying you can't have an effective prayer in two minutes. You can. But if, if that's all you give God and you're not seeking his face, you're going to miss out on the other part. What is that? If, if, if my people, I've called them, if they'll humble themselves, well, that's part of prayer is saying, you know what? I actually need your help. My God, I can't do this without you. I, I can't. I mean, I could. I could just go buy this house, but Lord, I need to know, is this the right one? Lord, they want me to come sign the contract tomorrow. I've already talked to them. I like the job. I like the people. But Lord, I keep having reservations. Lord, I feel like this isn't the job for me. Is this the job or no? Because if it's not, I'll tell them no. I, 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 I'm humbling. What am I doing? I'm humbling myself. I could do it my way, but I want his way. If I do, if I humble myself and, and, and I pray and I seek God's face, I turn from my wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Well, I just don't hear God. I just don't know. I just don't hear. He just never speaks. Have you, have you met the criteria? Have you followed what's in the book? Have you done it? Have, because if you do, let me, let, me, let me give you one other little point to help this because this might be you. If you're listening to your flesh, that's not where God speaks. If you're listening to circumstances, it's not where God speaks. God can, can use those, God can use anything, but he deals with you spirit to spirit. Romans, Romans 8, tells us what? His spirit bears witness with my spirit. So, so how do I know I'm listening to, how do I know I'm hearing from God? It's going to be on the inside. I'll give you a peace that passes understanding. So it goes past this. So many of you are in here. Your whole prayer life is here. But it can't just be here. It's got to be word and spirit. What did we read last week? Those are two weeks ago. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What is hunger? The word. This is really good. I heard this this week. It blew my mind. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What do we read? They will be filled. Say, I'll be filled. 
So if I hunger and thirst, huh? If I hunger and thirst, what is hunger? The word. So I got to be hungry after the word. I got to be eating the word. The Bible says this is bread of life. You cannot, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of his mouth. I got to eat. I got to, I got, I got to ingest this. I have to have the word. Then I also have to thirst after righteousness. What's that? The spirit. I have to thirst. I have to be, th- I have to, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, let me have all of your spirit I can have. Lord, let me, let me, God, give me your spirit. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Because see, what does the spirit do? He comforts. So he's going to tell me, now that, I know, I know you're upset right now. You need to calm down. I got this. He's going to comfort me. He's going to counsel me. No, 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 no. Don't do that. But see, we're, we're waiting for this, this we're waiting for a, a Chinese spy balloon, sonic boom over Myrtle Beach to go, boom! No, don't do that. When God's just in this still small voice right in here saying, that's not it. That's not, that's not the one. It's not the one. It's not the one. Don't go on a second date. It's going to ruin your life. You're going to waste two, three, four, five, 47 years. Stop. Stop. We want the big... Or we want the other person. I'm getting ahead of myself with Soulmate Sunday next week, but that's what we want, right? We want the other person to say, you know, I just feel like the Lord, you, you know, you, marriage, dating, all that, it's a two-way street. Takes two to tango. Takes two to tango. You, you, can't, you can't put it all off on them. You've got to make sure you're right and God will take care of you. And if they, this is bad English, but if they ain't right, it's not your responsibility. Think about it. I mean, even getting people saved, God didn't put their salvation, their salvation, that's not my responsibility. Preaching and discipling and telling them about Jesus, that's my responsibility. I got to do that part. But if they don't come, if they don't drink, I'm just leading them to the water. So if I hunger and thirst after righteousness, I will be filled. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Y'all enjoying this? Number three, make an appointment. Make an appointment. These are practical things. I tried to get real practical today. I'm giving you some deep stuff too, but trying to make it real practical. Okay, how do I process the plans? I got it. I don't want to build a bad house. I don't want to build a house that's going to fall. So uh, you need to know why. So I, I have to ask. I have to actually ask God. I have to ask him. And then I have to, I need to know why I'm praying. I have to pray. I need to have a, I need to make a lifestyle then. So I'm going to make it a, an everyday thing. Uh, a, a part of my, you know, not Every time I get in the car, I'm not going to listen to music every time. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm going to make time. I'm going to do a little bit less podcasting or whatever you're listening to, a little more praying. A little less Netflix, more praying. And, 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 and you know, if it's that big of a distraction, cancel it for three months. It won't hurt you. Do you need serious FX, whatever it is? Do you need it that bad? If it's that big of a distraction, get rid of it. Number three, Make an appointment. It's hard, you know, to do anything you don't schedule. You need to schedule it. Number four, remove distractions. I have set up my phone and devices and stuff. And there are people around me that, it, 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 you know, it aggravates them or whatever. Uh, and I'm not trying to be aggravating. I'm trying to live my life in a way that I can do what I'm called to do. You can set up, in the iPhone, it's called focus modes. And it's great. I'll give you a real practical example. I do a lot of filming, a lot of video work for all of our churches, and I have a filming mode. When I put my phone on filming mode, nobody gets through. No calls, no texts, nothing. 
because I can't afford any distractions because might, we might be in the middle of a take and it took 45 minutes to get that one thing and then your phone rings and it'll ruin the take. You can't afford it. So nobody gets through. Then I have uh, sermon prep slash uh, spending time with God. This is a real focus mode. And during that focus mode, you can actually, on your iPhone, you can turn off all the notifications, including little red bubbles. So, so even if I do open my phone, I'd have to go into the text messages. I'd have, I'd have to open it up to see if anybody texts me, other than my wife. She, in that mode, she's the only one that can call or text me. She's the only one. Then I have other ones. I have a work mode. I have, I have these modes. Why do I have them? Because it, when I get into if I really want to hear from God, and every 2, 25, 45 seconds, bzz, 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 I mean, after the fourth or fifth, I don't care what kind of self-control you have. You're going to look. Oh, someone's so common on Instagram. Mm. And then 15 minutes later, after you also checked your Instagram messages and then checked your email and then went back to Instagram. And then, well, you, if that happened, what about Facebook? Then you, then you did a quick TikTok dance and then put that down. Oh, there, there's the prayer time. There it is. It was just right out the window. Remove distractions. Remove them. It, it's your job. God cannot pray to himself, and he can't do that for you. you. You have to say, you are a higher priority to me than any of this other stuff. And you set that up. You, you set up your life how, how you... It, I could get off on that. But you set up your life how you want. You're in control. You control you. You can't control everything around you, but you can control how you respond to it, and you can control what situation you put yourself in. You know, if you, if you go to the beach, and, and, and I told you, hey, if you get in that water, you're going to be wet. And you're looking at the waves, and you've never been to the beach before, never been to the ocean before. And I tell you, if you get in that water, you're going to get wet. You're going to get wet. And you go, jump in the water, stand in there, knee, thigh deep, letting the waves hit you. Did, did, I, did I get you wet? Or did your position that you put yourself in, knee deep in the ocean, cause you to get wet? That's why, that's why I'm telling you, because what we do, what, what the Christian society as, as a whole, may have even been someone in your family that taught you this or whatever. They taught you, to, you just go through life and then you blame it all on God. God, I'm wet. I'm in the ocean. I'm soaking wet now. What are you going to do about it? And he's saying, I was on the shore telling you, if you get in the ocean, it's going to mess up your clothes. Look, Lord, now I got salt water all over my clothes. And we stomp our feet at God and we get mad at him when he was on the shore the whole time saying, I, I tried to tell you not to get in the water. I, I, I was trying to tell you. But you were so attracted to the ocean and the waves. And, and you'd heard about it and you'd heard about how nice it is and you just, you just had to do it. Number five, try prayer points. Use prayer points when you can. Try them. If you don't know what prayer points are, it's just a list. You can, um, 
there, if you don't have any, I can give you some. I'm working on getting some for what we did for Agreement Sunday. Some people have asked me for them. So, so if you want to pray for the church, we can give you pray, pray this. And you can literally just pray it, like read it off the card, and eventually it'll, you'll commit it to memory and get it in your spirit. And you can just pray those prayers often. Those are like kingdom prayers, like praying for the kingdom, praying. They're, they're good. So if you're, if you're looking to spend more time in prayer, you're running out of things to pray, you can do that. You can also try, this isn't one of those points, and it should have been one, but pray in the spirit. Praying in the Spirit, that'll really help you. Because you're praying the perfect will of God. I'm talking about praying in tongues. I covered that on Wednesday night a few weeks ago. And I, I covered that on Wednesday nights periodically. It's not, I don't feel to go there today. But if you have questions about that, come see me. Number six, pray the word. Everybody say this. Say, don't pray the problem. Don't pray your problems, pray the word. And the prayer points will help you with that. Pray the word. Take the word and pray the word of your situation. Psalms 119.130 says this. The entrance of your words give light. The entrance of God's, God will illuminate. If you want to know, okay, how do I process the word? I mean, I process the plans of God. Well, you, you need to have the word on it. God, I, if, you, if you're praying and asking God for something and you don't have scripture to back it up, stop asking until you get some scripture. Because that, that'll clarify real quick whether I should even be asking this. What did I read in John 15? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you want and it'll be given to you. Did I read it or not? What does it say? That you, by this my Father will be glorified, that you bear much fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to make disciples. He wants you to be a disciple. And he, he said, this will happen if you live in my word and my words abide in you. You know what? I, again, this is something I heard this week from Pastor Reggie, who is my pastor, Pastor Steve in Florence, his pastor. So he's like a grandfather in the faith to me. And I was listening to him talk about prayer. And he said, he said this. I thought it was so great. When you do that, when you, when you take, and I'm going to finish on this point, guys. I'm done. You can come up. When, when, when you do that, when you take God's word and you fill yourself in, in his word, in his word in you, and, and, you, and you, you've got this, this a perfect circle happening where God's word is, is encapsulating you and you're planting yourself in God's word. When you pray that out and you pray out the word, you're praying the word of your situation. You're praying the word of your life, meaning you're, 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 you're taking the sermons I've preached and the words you've heard and you're taking those scriptures and, and pray, Lord, I, let me give you some practical examples before I make my point. This is what it looks like. And sometimes I think people hear me say that and they don't know what it actually looks like. This is what it looks like. Heavenly Father, you said in Philippians 4.19 that, uh, that, that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Heavenly Father, I thank you for supplying my needs. I thank you that my needs are met. Right now, I've already asked you 16 weeks ago for this need that came up. And I'm not going to ask you again because I believe 16 weeks ago you heard me and you did it. So, Lord, today I got the revelation that your word says you supply all my needs. I'm sorry I didn't know that 16 weeks ago. But now in Isaiah, I'm, your word says remind you of your word. Bring it to remembrance. I'm reminding you and reminding myself and reminding the devil you've got everything I need. And my trust is in you. So, Lord, I thank you for supplying my need. I thank you that this week, this thing is going to be, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of dealing with it. I'm tired of, I, you said not to worry, and I'm trying not to worry, but it's getting harder not to worry because this, this need is creeping up. And, Lord, I don't want to live a life adjacent to your word. I want to live a life in your word. You said you'll supply all my needs according to your riches. God, I thank you that you have all the riches all the glory. You have it all. Lord, I thank you that you'll get the glory when I get this need met. Lord, I'll testify. I could go on and on. Y'all see how that works? That's one scripture. I could pray that for 
an hour. One scripture. That's how you, now obviously I'm seasoned, I've done that a lot, but that's how you do it. You do it, you take the word and you, you, you apply it to your situation and you pray it out. You pray the word out. So here's what Pastor Reggie said. Can I get a little? This is what Pastor Reggie said. I thought it was so good. When, when you abide in his word and his word abides in you, Jesus literally is saying, I trust you. Like, I trust you to ask what you will because it says you can ask what you will. I, I can ask whatever I want because if I'm full of his word, if, this is so good. Man, I should have started this point like 30 minutes ago. If you are full of his word, you won't ask anything incorrectly. And I think some of us, I've had people ask, you know, pastor, how do I even know how to pray about that? That's why you need his word. So I think because we sometimes don't know how to pray, we don't pray. We don't pray. We just, we just skip the thing altogether. We just skip the results altogether. We just, but we can't do that because he said, you have to ask. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you'll ask, but you have to ask. You have to pray it out. Then you have to put your feet to work and make it happen by the leading of the spirit, by the guiding and the ordaining of, the, of your steps. Yeah, but he's not going to move it for you. When we, we, and, and when we say stuff like that, and I'm talking about like God, God works through men. So yes, like for instance, with finances, let me clarify what I just said. So I don't want to confuse anybody. Luke 6, 38 says, God will cause men to pour into your lap. Talk about finances. When you give or anything, when you give, God will give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. It'll be poured into your lap. That God will cause men to pour into your lap. So he can cause other men to make things happen, but he needs somebody to do it. That, do you understand what I'm saying? Like it goes, it goes through the channels of the world we live in. God's not a counterfeiter. He can't, he's not going to just manufacture money. I told you the story a few weeks ago how my daughter lost her book. And we left the church. I was full of the spirit. I said, come here right now. We're going to pray right now. We prayed. We believed. The, two days later, the book just showed up in her backpack. Now, God did not uh, uh, magically manufacture a brand new book. We don't know who put it there, but he called somebody to put it back in her backpack. Or somehow we just missed it the whole time, but I shook that backpack. There was nothing. I opened it up, looked around. There was nothing. I don't know how it was in there. Maybe we missed it, but I think that someone put it in there. God didn't counterfeit a book, but he made the right person at the right time. So th th it does happen that way. But you also can't negate the fact. I mean, we looked. We looked. We didn't just pray. And then she sat on her bottom and waited for the book to show up in her backpack. We got to work. Kaylee, go look for that book. Go look in here. Go look in the car. Go turn under, turn up in the bed. Is it under the bed? I mean, we looked all over. And I made her look. But while we were doing all that work, we were putting our feet to our faith. God made another way and brought it right into her backpack. And she opened her backpack. And if you heard the story, she was upset she was going to miss recess. She didn't miss recess. You know, God cares about recess. He cares about your life. And he cares about every detail. And the plans of your life, the house you're building, you'll build it best when you process the plans for your life through prayer. That's why you have to have a dedicated prayer life. It's been a joy to talk to you about this. If you'll stand up, I want to do one more thing before we leave and we do welcome home. 
with your hands lifted up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you for what you've spoken to us today. And we receive it by faith in Jesus' name.